This is the Watch Post podcast, which you'll find at watchpost.org. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Watch Post podcast. My name is Mel Black. Today, I want to talk about the division of God. Um, we struggle to understand what God is speaking to in, within Christ, what um, he's done and why there's division even within the church where we separate from people who are in sin, who are not in sin. Um, and the, the point here for us to understand is that Jesus has come and he has brought judgment by his coming. He has divided between the bone and the marrow. He's divided um, all things between sin and holiness. And this runs parallel between the believer and the unbeliever. And this runs parallel between sin and no sin within the heart, within the soul. And this is the, the sword, the great division that Christ has brought. In Luke 12, verse 49, Jesus says, I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Do you think that I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division. Jesus has worked this division within the world. This is part of um, the work that he accomplished. He accomplished our salvation and he's accomplished this division. This division is between those who are receiving Jesus and walking in obedience to God, putting off sin, and those who are not, those who are turned against God and still walking in that rebellion against him. If we look at Ezra 8, verse 22, in the second half of the verse, it says, The hand of our God is for good on all who seek him, and the power of his wrath is against all who forsake him. This is the division of God. It's, it's quite simple, really. It's the division between those who seek God, those who turn to God in Christ, looking um, for God to help them, to restore them um, out of their sins, looking for the atonement of Jesus, um, and ultimately coming out of that rebellion against God. And those who continue in that rebellion, those who continue to turn against God, those who continue um, to throw God's word behind their backs. This is what Psalm 50 says. We are divided by this. And what's important for even the Christian to understand is that this division is still going on in your own life, even as a Christian, because as we name Jesus, we still are either united to Jesus or we are divided from Jesus. And this is part of the issue that I think we often don't understand. God is, is looking for people to obey him. So really, even if we name Jesus, but we don't obey him, we're still in that division. We're still contrary to God rather than submission to God. The work that Christ has purposed in this earth is not just to be named as a Christian, but to be truly uh, changed, to be brought out of rebellion and disobedience and brought into a submission to the Son of God. And this is still the standard on our lives, even as we go forward as Christians, even as, you know, we've been saved. We need to look at this and recognize this because it is still the work of God. This doesn't necessarily mean a person isn't a Christian. I think that judgment happens so often where a person is, you know, walking contrary to God in certain ways. And we're quick to say, well, they're clearly not a Christian. But we have to understand there's these, these, uh, this division is two extremes and it comes out in a complex way for each person. 
And therefore, we have to see um, where we need to judge these things rightly, where we are walking with God, but where we're not walking with God and we're continuing in that rebellion against him. If we look at Luke 19, verse 11, going down to verse 27, it says, He proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. He said, therefore, a noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minas and said to them, engage in business until I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, we do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your mina has made ten minas more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your mina has made five minas. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Lord, here is your mina, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, and at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten minas. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten minas. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. This parable speaks directly to this issue both for the Christian and for the unbeliever. The Christian is the one with the mina. The Lord has given us this deposit, but what we do with that mina, whether we, whether we walk in obedience to God, whether we um, produce the godly fruit that he is looking for with that um, or not, is still a judgment that resides upon us. Because if we don't walk in what God calls us to, if we don't produce the fruit from um, the seed of righteousness that he has sown in our lives, um, then we are in rebellion still against God. And there is a severe warning here of the real danger of living in this way. And then, of course, it says here um, at the very end, it says, But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slaughter them before me. This is mankind that refuses to submit to the Son of God. We can see the same language in Psalm 2. In Psalm 2, it's speaking to Jesus being the true chosen anointed king um, that God has chosen. And, and how mankind says, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. But the Lord says in verse 6, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. 
going on in verse 7, it says, I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potted vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. This is the judgment of God. This is the division. Whether we receive the son of God, we receive him and obey him. We put our trust in him. We look to him to be our righteousness, to be our atonement, or we continue in rebellion against God. Again, we can see the same language in 1 Samuel 2.10. It says, The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Again, this is Jesus. Jesus is the chosen one of God. He is uh, the ruler of all of us. And so Jesus has appeared and he's brought salvation. He's brought a way to bring us back to God, but he has also brought judgment. He has brought the judgment of God against those who continue in rebellion, against those who continue to resist God, um, continue in disobedience. We can see this very clearly in John 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it might be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So our hope is that we would turn to God. And when we turn to God, regardless of our weakness, regardless of our inability, regardless even of our sins, our um, unbelief, our ignorance, whatever it is, our hope is that when we turn to Jesus, we will be saved. We will um, be upheld by his righteousness, by his blood, by his power. We look to Jesus and we have infinite reasons to hope in God when we truly, honestly look to Christ to come out of our sin, to come into obedience to God, we have infinite hope in Christ. But to those who do not turn to Jesus, who do not look to walk out of their sin, to not look uh, to come out into righteousness, into a holy life and submission to God, there is judgment that remains. And this is the division of God. This is the salvation of God and the judgment of God, and this is his division. 
Another verse I want to uh, use here is 1 Chronicles 28, 9. It says, And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Again, this is the judgment of God. This is the the hand of salvation, the hand of compassion. You should know that if you seek God, if you do what you can do and you press in after the Son of God, God will save you. Absolutely. If we as Christians are pressing in after God, even though even in spite of all our failings, all our weakness and sin, God will help us. He will raise us up into the righteousness of his son. But God's judgment is still upon us if we forsake these things. If we turn away from obeying God, if we turn away um, from believing in his son, then the judgment of God remains. Um, uh, the last uh, verses I want to use here is Psalm 50. Now, the Lord is talking at first to Israel um, because they are living in a way of giving sacrifices to God, but they're not giving the true heart to God. They're not following God in the true purpose of religion. He says in verse 12, If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls or drink the blood of goats? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High and call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Going on, he says, but to the wicked, God says, what right have you to recite my statues or take my covenant on your lips? For you hate discipline and you cast my words behind you. And he goes on to talk about the ways that sinners live and how they live in rebelling against God. Um, And at the end, he says in verse 22, Mark this then, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as a sacrifice glorifies me. To one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. This is God's division, and it is bound up um, in his son. His son saves, and his son is the judgment upon all of mankind. And this is what Christ is doing. Christ is bringing us back to God by his blood, by his righteousness. And if we refuse God in this, if we have contempt upon the son of God, um, then his judgment remains upon us. The very last uh, verse here, I promise, is Psalm 28, 5. It says, Because they do not regard the works of the Lord or the work of his hands, he will tear them down and build them up no more. God has judged everything in his son. He has made this division. He has not brought peace to the earth, but division. And this is the division of God. Um, This is what we are meant to understand about God's purposes um, in our salvation and also within our sanctification, where we are divided between whether walking in rebellion against God or we are turning back to God, submitting to his son, walking in obedience. Okay, I lied. <laughs> one more verse. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 1, uh, verse 
verse 7 through 8, it says, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, this is the division of God between those who obey God, who obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, and on those who do not, who continue in the ignorance, who continue in sin, who continue in rebellion. Um, so I hope we understand a bit more of um, the simple fact of what God's division is and how this translates into um, our salvation, but how this also translates into the, the whole of our lives. It continues downward into every single detail of our lives, every single day of our lives, and we are meant to live within the reality of Christ always. So I hope to see you in the next episode, and I will see you there. Take care. For more content like this, visit watchpost.org.